Jesus, what's up? I know I'm so excited. We're all here getting ready to record our first episode. Crazy. I can't even believe we're here. Wait, you, you want us to, to start from the very beginning? Okay. Oh, I love that story. Okay, fine. All right. Wish us luck, okay? I'm going to need it because Wheezy is a lot. All right. Mm-hmm. Bye. Oh, my God. We're doing Adam and Eve episode one, baby. Oh, my God. Obviously, joining me is the one and only my baby girl, Wheezy Anda. Hey, Wheezy. That's what she calls me, you guys. My name's Wheezy, and this is Bible Stories with Brianda. <laughs> Thank you for introducing my own wow. show. She's oh so God. nervous every time that Jesus phone rings. I know, dude. Okay, guys, it's episode one, okay? Please have some grace with me like God has on all of us, because we sin like a mother oh, crap. We're doing really well. Okay. This is a podcast that's going to be curse word free. You can play this in the car with your kids. You can listen to it on the way to church because okay. Brianda is going to take you there. Oh, wait, hold on. Can I just get one good one in and then uh, let me out? Just out of my system. Just one good one. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> me up the. Yeah. Tell everybody what your show is, Brianda. Yeah. So Bible stories with Brianda. For those of you who don't, who don't know, I had a great episode of Horrible Decisions uh, where I told really salacious, sexy stories in the Bible. And I don't know. The people really liked it. The pe- I don't know. They did. The response was crazy. I had no idea that that. Now, this show happen. won't be as naughty because Brianda's not as naughty as I. I will be the devil on her shoulder. You guys will hear me from time to time on this podcast. But like, this is the Brie show. Yeah. Why are you so good for this podcast? Why do people want to hear about Bible stories from you, Brie? Ugh. Girl, sometimes I'm like, I don't even know why, but, but I'm not going to be that way now. Um, I, I think that the reason what, the reason why people like me on your show. And I think in general is that like, I'm pretty open and honest about, I don't know, different qualms I have in life. Like the reason why I became a Christian was because I had really dark thoughts and I was kind of tired of being sad all the time. And like, I felt like I had there was this void in me that I wasn't filling, and yeah. you know, none of the way none of the ways I got into Christianity was conventional, and I think that that's kind of relatable. That people want to hear that. First of all, I'm not making this show for just Christians, and I'm also not making this show for just non-believers. You know, mm. I want this to be a space where we can talk about. Bible stories and have fun, right? Like, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a minister. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a theologian. I don't even know what half these words mean. But I still receive... hard to read. Yes. But I still receive the word of God. And there's there's always a lesson and like a moral, behavioral um, knowledge, information found in each story that I think anyone, doesn't matter what walk of life you are, age, race, creed, doesn't matter, you can find some kind of like sense of resolve in all of them. So I wanted to share that. And obviously we're funny as fuck. Now, I want you guys to know and understand Brianda is perfect for this. She's able to give us Bible stories in layman's terms. It's so hard to pick that book up and Mm. understand what we're reading. And even when we are, what does it all mean? And I think that's the best part about what you're going to experience in these coming episodes, especially this first one. Jesus told her, I was like, girl, start somewhere else. And he said, nope, Brianda, we're going with page one. Yep, the very beginning, Adam and Eve, creation. Right, so let me talk to the people. The story of Adam and Eve is a really dope story because it 
dissects humans, you know, uh, propensity to sin. And it kind of highlights or brings to light some of our human failings and our faults, kind of like our blind spots, um, sorry, our blind spots. You know, oftentimes we always try and find like books, movies, uh, teachers, podcasters that like have all the answers and mark that. But the Bible highlights that we're not perfect. In fact, we're sinners. And that's why Jesus died for our sins. But that's another episode. God started with creation. Like he started day and night. He started, he created humans. He created all the animals in the earth. And all of Genesis chapter one is allotted to that. And he realized that analyzing the world, he said, something's missing. Something's different, you know, because he made the birds, he made the plants. He needed to create a form of life that mirrored his own. So he literally breathed life into the earth and created Adam. And I think it's really important when they say breath, right? Like God, Lord, Jehovah, he breathed using his own lungs, his own air into something else and created this man. And that's the difference, right? That part of the Bible kind of highlights how humans are different than any other animal and creation when it comes to consciousness, right? Like a cat doesn't really understand time and death the way humans do. Every human knows that they're going to die. You know, it's that intrinsic fear that we have in us. That's why so many of us are so uh, um, turned on by the idea of knowing what is life and why are we here? That thing that we have, that's unique to us. And that's what Adam embodies, right? After the seventh day, he rested. Uh, he created a paradise, the Garden of Eden. Now, for those of you who don't know, paradise means walled garden. And that's super important, too. He wanted to create this vital place where his people and his animals can eat and thrive and multiply, right? But he also wanted to highlight that it was going to be walled. He created boundaries, a perimeter around this garden. It tells us that maybe humans do need some boundaries, maybe. Or if left to their own devices, how do they do? Well, the story of Adam and Eve tells us not very fucking good. Marga! <laughs> um, so God admits in the Bible, he says, no man should be alone. And so he made Eve. But before he did that, he made sure that Adam was asleep, like in a deep slumber. He cut Adam up, took a piece of his rib and made Eve from the rib of man, which honestly is so freaking annoying. I mean, a, 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 a Nick rib. That's all I kept thinking about. So wait, so mm. basically mm -hmm. Eve ain't really exist. They ain't really have Eve. And then he had to go in Adam's stomach and take it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it shows, and there's this beautiful... Oh, you really are dissecting this. I am. There's this beautiful passage, which is so freaking poetic. Let's pull the Bible out, right? Let's do it. Like, there's this beautiful passage where Adam says, um, where he, he tells her, like, you were made from man, I shall name you woman. 
like kind of like that. And when I read it, like my pastor was when we were reading it together, he was like, how poetic, how beautiful in my head. I was like, really, woman, like you could have come up with something else. I mean, he could have came up with Eve, man. (laughs) (laughs) You're so stupid. He basically, in essence, says, you know, you came from me. We're now one. And um, when God said, you know, man is not meant to be alone, I think that kind of highlights the importance of union. Almost like in life, if we don't have union, we're not complete. And that applies to both man, but also union to something higher. Now, I know that some people, let me talk to the camera. Let me talk to the people. I know that some people, when they hear this, like non-believers, they're going to be like, huh? I don't get it. When reading the Bible, you have to have kind of this, um, there's a there's a term in theology. I know I'm going to sound like a theologian, and I'm not, I promise, but there's this term called uh, hermeneutics laws. Let me break them down. I know that's a weird, funny word, but when reading the Bible, even if, even if, you're reading it for spiritual insight or just reading it to get to know it. You need to understand when some things are descriptive and when other things are prescriptive, right? Like just because God is saying like man should be alone, man should not be alone. It's not saying like if you're alone, you're you're screwed, right? No, he's more so describing a, a, an idea, right? So like if anyone ventures to read the Bible, I would say read it with a little more openness and an open mind, right? That's how I started. I mean, I was an atheist for like 24 years and I would just read the Bible to prove people wrong. I read it with a lens that was very, you know, like logical, pragmatic, and none of these messages were landing on me because I wasn't as open. So the number one thing I would suggest is to be a little more open. Now back to Adam and Eve. So now... Eve is here, Adam and Eve are flirting, God told them both, you know, this is your land, everything is perfect, it's paradise, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I repeat, God said you can eat anything else but each other. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god could you imagine like day one eve is like hey yo adam with that oh my god i can't be inappropriate now so he told them they couldn't eat anything but he told adam and eve he could eat anything in the garden but the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil why, what what does that fruit mean? Tell I'll us. tell you. Well, there are two trees that God specifies mm-hmm. in this. And look, at, I'm literally have like Evie Queen nails. I'm trying to get my earring in because it's going to annoy me if I watch this episode back. Um, you know what? I'm just going to take them both off. You know what I'm saying? So God, that's a great question though. God breaks down. He says, listen, we got two main trees here. Uh-huh. Tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life represents the the yearning to understand life more fully. Have more of those. Yeah, eat, eat from that, please. I encourage you to. That's kind of like what God was encouraging them to mm-hmm. do. But he said, this shiny, beautiful tree over here in the center of, guard, of the Garden of Eden, he said, don't touch that. Why do you think God did that? 
I venture to say God did this for a reason. And no temptation. To, exactly. Mm. Like, can you imagine Adam and Eve being like, hold on, you keep mentioning this damn tree and we can't have it? What? Like, it's kind of like when you're with kids, like when you tell them not to touch something. Yeah. And then they like go to touch it or like remember in TikTok where they had the challenges with the kid happened? don't eat the candy. Is it like when you put your hand on a hot stove does God like strike you down? Um no because it's really not even about the result. Well, I mean eventually it is about the result of the consequences, right? But what Adam and Eve is examining is human propensities to sin. And I guess this is a great time to talk about what is sin, right? Like what what is I, sin? Well, if what you do every single Google Friday Weezy night. Google WTF. <laughs> you will see a photo of sin. You're listening to it right now. Hello. Literally. Uh, but what, 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 so someone who's a non-believer, what sure. do you define as sin? I define sin as something bad, something immoral, something wrong. But I know in the Bible, it could be as basic as lying. Like saying, yeah. I don't know. I didn't have a drink today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> You have a problem. But, I mean, no, I've always thought that sin was uh, something immoral, something really bad. You're right. And, okay, so you got the you got the literal definition of what sin is. I'm going to break it down even simpler for the people, right? So th- what really opened my eyes to what sin was in a biblical sense was imagine sin being like, you know what, God? I got it all under control. Well, let me just handle this. I know you told me not to do this one thing because it's not good for me. But trust me, I know more than you, so I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. That's what sin means at its core, biblically. Let that land for a minute. When God told Adam and Eve not to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, of course, like any good story, we got to beef it up, right? Eve, being younger than Adam... This girl, I just I just recently found out Eve was only on the planet for like an hour, less than an hour. Wait, Be- wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, I know it's crazy. You telling me he took his rib out and yeah. she was there for 60 minutes? Yeah, yeah, dude. Some wait, some theologians argue that, but when I read I read that the other day and I said, Oh my god, it kind of makes sense. So the way they tee it up, the way they it would make sense that it happened quickly, because that's also why she was such a novice. Like, oh, wow. Mm. And enter the serpent. So the serpent biblically represents, some say the devil. Some say he is the complete embodiment of uh, anti-God, anything that goes against God's divine law. And I believe that anything of that energy knows exactly who it targets. And there's a reason why the serpent didn't target Adam. He targeted Eve, right? But Eve was also susceptible to it. She was walking around the tree, right? Like, oh, that is a beautiful tree, but I remember God said not to eat from that. And then all of a sudden, a talking snake shows up, the serpent, and is like, hey, girl, how you doing? You're new here, right? Oh, I didn't know. What girl, I love your boobies. They are so high up and perky. Oh, that's how that would have been me. <laughs> oh my god, your tits are beautiful. Anywho, that would be uh Mr. Alex Media, everybody. Alex me. They can't see him be. Okay, well, here we are. Um, I just ruined that take. <laughs> but um, anyways, so 
the serpent shows up and he looks at Eve and he goes, Hey, wanna take a wanna take a bite of this this fruit from this apple? You go ahead and do it. And she was like, Oh no, no, no. I can't do that. And God said no. And he said, What do you mean God said no? She said, Well, God said that we could eat any fruit in this garden but that one. And he said, girl, he lied to you. Trust me, I know him. I've been known him. If you eat fruit from that tree, you'll be like God. You'll know everything. Just have it. Trust me. He'll want you to. And what do you think Eve did? She ate it. She ate it. Because I would have too. Yeah, she ate it. She succumbed to sin like that. Don't say succumbed. Someone... Some Alex, get her a book, please. Sorry. <laughs> get her a copy. <laughs> um, she ate it. And then not only that, she brought a piece of the apple. She brought the apple to Adam. She was like, please have it. You know, you know, like some couples are like, come on, do what I did too. Mm. <laughs> and Adam knew Adam was kind of like, uh, okay, I'll do it, but whatever. And he did it anyways. Actually, you know what I fun fact? Fun fact for you, info for you, Weezy. Tell me. That's why it's called Adam's Apple. It's a yeah. It's it, that's where I get it from. Apparently, God made every man have a piece of that sin uh, lodged in their throats as a reminder. Hold on, let me see who's got an Adam's apple in the room. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're too you know, cute. You know, I think that's honestly super interesting, B, and I'm so excited for you to tell people things like this because. No, like I had no idea where the Adam's apple came from. Yeah. I just figured it was the first man, right? And so it was just like, it's a big one. But that's why. It, and you, and, but the most important part is it serves as a reminder. Hmm. I can't make that mistake again. So he made every man thereafter also have that. Wow. So Especially awesome. the way that he did it too. He Because he wasn't deceived by the, the serpent. He did something that his partner told him to do, Right. Even though he knew it was wrong. And I, I know that there are some different, you know, interpretations of that. But I find that part of the story really interesting. This is very awkward, but I want to talk to the people again. That part of the story is worth examining because it's like, huh, just because other people are doing stuff and just because it looks fancy and cool and because I trust them, it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to adopt that myself, which I think with social media now it's kind of hard not to, right? We see so many things like, oh, we want to do that, that, yeah. It's like, but but do you? I feel like that that reservation that Adam held is really symbolic. So basically, they wanted to show in the Bible that people do F up. Because if not showing that, then how do we learn, right? For sure. Well, yeah. And unfortunately, consequences ensue. So Adam eats the apple, right? And all of a sudden... Their eyes open. Let me get the let me get the exact verse for you because it's actually pretty cool. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. See Genesis seven, um, chapter three, verse seven. I love when they talk about naked stuff. <sighs> I know you do. You would. I'm sorry. You. <gasps> No, he didn't. Don't say that. Ooh, I'll check you. No, he didn't. He made me like an Eve. No, no. Oh my God. You would have loved Eve too. You probably would have played with her tits. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so 
Um, oh, but I wanted to dissect this too. Wow, we may go over 30 minutes, girl. Wow, this is so fun. Okay. So they both realize that they're naked. They've been naked this whole time and had no idea that being naked was a thing. You know, they were just they were just existing in this kind of in this paradise together. What a but paradise. this it was a pa- listen. Well, the second that they bit that apple, they saw everything as God did. Because God even says it after. Uh, let me not speed it up. What nakedness means in the story is they're referring to shame. It embodies shame. The second that they saw each other naked, they saw insecurity and self-consciousness, right? The word consciousness, literally what we were just talking about. It's kind of like the Garden of Eden represents the mind and that tree represents consciousness. So with that came consequences because God told them not to. Right? So now, because God is all-knowing, God shows up and he calls for Adam and Eve. He's like, yo, Adam and Eve, where are you at? They're hiding behind a bush. They're hiding. And you want to know why? Because they didn't want Father God to see them naked. Could you imagine? Like, it's like a child running away from their parent, like, no, mommy, do not put it away. Mommy, no. Could you imagine a father seeing that? How concerning it would be for a parent to see their child have that recoil for being nude? So you could imagine God was pissed. God was so mad. Wazy, God was pissed. Honestly, I kind of get that. I, I feel like sometimes whenever I used to go to church with my mom, not that it didn't go up in flames when we left, <laughs> but when we would go, I would feel so bad to do dirty things that day. Hmm. So why? For a good two hours. Wait, why? Why? Can you say it? <laughs> it lasted. But I think it was particularly because I really thought God was watching me. And mm. that used to scare the. But what about God watching you made you feel embarrassed or insecure or self conscious? Because I used to think that I had to be perfect for God. I didn't want to do anything. You know, God knows we're not perfect. I mean, <laughs> wait. I, Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I think he knows. There's a little perfection here. You know what I'm saying? No. That's why I'm still alive. Oh my God. After and you know what? This the the sooner we realize our how our imperfections and our weaknesses and our shortcomings, the sooner we acknowledge them and realize that they're there, the quicker we can actually humble ourselves and develop more humility when engaging with other people in other circumstances. It actually can be to be quite honest, when I was an atheist, it was it was so much pressure, right? Like Everything that happened fell on me. Like, I, it was almost like a, a added responsibility to be this thing that caused me so much anxiety and depression. And that's what I think adopting or pro- being becoming a practicing Christian alleviated. But other people call it different things. Hey, other people call it different things, right? Like Buddhism, any kind of whatever your spiritual system is, what that's doing is kind of like, acknowledging that we are a such a small part of something so much bigger you know um we just we just totally went off on a tangent but um i just thought that that was that's no, that was important thank you for that. sharing that about shame and i think that's also what people need to understand right is there's so many life lessons in between these just a few pages i read nakedness on the third page i, I looked through a few of them she guys. did she feathered i tried to get used to the prop that is the bible and <laughs> you know it, 
It's interesting because, yeah, I think people don't realize how many lessons are built into just a few stories. I mean, shoot, like even the apple knowing it's a sinful thing and that's why it's there in their neck. Right. Yeah. Well, it's and it's also like the focus is more so like our like uh, proclivity to succumb to it. It's going to happen. So the process, the process and the practices is in more like applied learning. How do, despite me feeling these things and these urges, right? Because mm-hmm. the urges are, is the temptation. How am I going to not succumb to them? How I don't I- know. Cause I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm naked with somebody, I'm succumbing and I- so is he. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, God. <laughs> I'm weak. That's good. Well, listen, delayed gratification is my sport. So I don't know about you, but there's something also really sexy and really um, invigorating and revitalizing and restorative of not like withholding. I'm not going to elaborate on that because we got way more podcast episodes for me to do that, but... We'll definitely do a celibate chapter, you guys. Brianda could write it herself. I sure can. I haven't seen a dick up close since 2018. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's true. That wasn't a bit. But, um, so now, God, he he says, did you guys eat... Of course, he knows. It's kind of like a parent, right? Mm -hmm. He said, did you guys eat from the tree of knowledge and good and evil like I told you not to do? You did that, right? And Adam off top is like, it was Eve. She told me to do this. I swear it was Eve. She's the one that said he didn't want to drop. Like, I didn't want to. I'm telling you. Like, he was just like telling her, like, listen, this is what happened. She brought it to me and then I ate it. And he was like, you should have known better. In that same way, like, but you know, are you going to be following other things? You follow her? Weak ass, right? I mean, he didn't say that. But, and then to Eve, he points to Eve and he goes, and what, what, what? And she was like, I swear it was the serpent. He told me, he literally told me that it was okay for me to do. And he said, after I told you it wasn't okay, that part for me is that internal dialogue that we have right before we do something. I'm taking it to the people right before we go to do something that we know we're not supposed to do. We know that's not going to make us feel good in a couple of hours, but we do anyways. It's that dialogue we have when we say, but, but the serpent told me to do that. He said it was good. Did he say it was good? But your consciousness said it wasn't. So what's the conflict here? They succumbed. They sure did. <laughs> they did. <laughs> um, and so God says, God, yep, God brings out the consequences. He says, serpent, from here on out, all y'all are going to be ground dwellers and y'all are going to be like bottom feeders of this whole land. He That's them to the projects. Off rip. Yep. That's it. It's a wrap for you. To, to Adam, he said, and by the way, about that paradise that I gave you where everything was perfect and everything was great and fine and, like, I basically fed you every day, like, no, you're not going to have to work for everything you do. In fact, get out of this garden over here. Go to the one over there by the west. He said, you're going to have to work, work harder than you ever have. You're going to sweat. Ugh. Right. You're going to have to actually work. And to Eve, he said, and you you are going to experience the most painful sensations while giving birth. I'm going to make sure that you and every woman after you remembers childbirth as the most painful experience of your life. God made contractions. Yes, that's exactly, that was the punishment, right? But don't remember, didn't we remember, um, God said that if they ate, they would die. If they ate from, the, from that tree, they would die. Death would be certain is what it says biblically. But it didn't happen. 
they didn't die. They ended up having two kids, Cain and Abel. Stay tuned for episode two. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he showed mercy. Do you know what mercy is? A song by Kanye West. You know what, Alex? I think I'm going to go ahead and call it over. I'm done. <laughs> I think we're good here. The pilot episode is fun. I'm done. Yay! <laughs> um, no, uh, mercy is, uh, a lot of people conflate mercy and grace, right? So when I think of mercy, biblically, right, per the laws of hermeneutics, what we're, what we're learning about, mercy is when we don't receive what we should receive. Grace is when we receive that which we don't deserve. If you think about it that way, it kind of puts into perspective how mercy and grace are perceived in the Bible. I'm not talking about the literal definition. I'm not. Ta- I'm talking about biblically. What's going to help us digest these stories in a deeper way? I know. Brianda. Me. Okay. Um, and I mean, let it speed forward. That's how, basically how, that's chapters uh, one through three of Genesis. Um, he ends up punishing them and they end up, you know, wearing their loincloths, being ashamed. Okay, that's a punishment. I'm trying to see. <laughs> I love you, honey. This is going to be so much fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's how it ends. And in the story of Adam and Eve, if we could encapsulate into one thing, it, the reason why it's so important is it is because it explores humans' innate desire to sin. It highlights how weak and imperfect we actually are. By design, we may be a certain way, but God gives us free will to decide, to give us the choice to pick a more righteous path, to be a better person, because it makes you feel good. It makes you not feel ashamed when you're naked. It makes you want to be naked with other people. Right, Weezy? Honestly, I could have read this book a long time ago. Yo, can I tell you something? The first time I hung out... Hi, Tangi, for my super trip people that are going to be listening to this. Hi, Tangi. The first time I went out with Weezy, for everyone in the room, she come on my podcast, Super Trip Talk, and after she was like, oh, you want to go to an event? And I was like, oh my God, an industry person invited me to an event? Okay, I'll come. Meanwhile... This girl takes me to a bar in Brooklyn where it is like a witch seance, satanic. There are naked witches on broomsticks on stage. There's blood, there's blood. <laughs> and I am sitting on that chair and I am like, Dios mío, por favor, líbrame de todo lo feo y lo malo. Oh my God. I was like, oh my God, God, what am I going to do right now? Because I am here. I feel like this is it. Like I'm going to hell. Anyways, there were naked people. Like I saw a girl's tassels. <laughs> someone poured candle wax on me yes someone poured that yes yes that was crazy I that was one of the craziest things the, I've ever wait no censor this please alex if you're gonna edit this no they not only poured melted wax they poured it in the form of cum jizz <laughs> what comes out of your penis that that is what they put on her chest. You know, they're very consensual people. A nice girl came over to me. She's like, would you like to take a photograph for a donation with a candle? <laughs> I was like, okay. It could have been a Jesus candle. No, but it wasn't. And meanwhile, I'm a good Christian girl among sinners. <laughs> like, anyways, that was a little insight into Weezy and I's relationship. <laughs> but um, we got to wind it down. I don't want these episodes to be too long. So that was a summation. I think I gave I gave it up. You know, that was great. And I know you have a phone call to make as always. Oh my god! Yes, 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 yes. Thank Tell you. Tell him I said what up, girl. I definitely will not. You guys, gotta call Jesus. All right, hold on. Oh. 
Oh, hey, Jesus. Yeah, man, we just wrapped episode one. It was a little messy. I swore a little bit, talked about jizz, but it's okay. We'll be, we'll do better next time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, the next episode is what? Okay, cool. All right, thank you. I love you so much. And Weezy does too, even though she's really inappropriate. You probably will never meet her, but it's okay. All right, catch you later, bye.